Yeah, good morning everyone. So the title of my preach this morning is Amazing Grace. <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited uh, to be preaching this morning. And the reason I put up my hand to preach is um, that there's just this yearning inside me to just to really share this good news. And I know as cliche and cheesy as that sounds, it is the truth. The, this gospel has radical themes that have radically changed me and my life. And though, even though it was first brought to us by Jesus 2,024 years ago or so, we still miss the point. Sorry, I just going to move this a bit. There we go. We still miss the point. Our churches always tend to become very homogeneous, uh, based on tasks, sounding and acting a certain way. And a certain standard starts to sink in our churches. We get a picture of what we think a Christian should look like. Sixty years ago, it was a gray shirt and a gray suit and gray shoes and a gray tie, looking respectable. That was what a Christian looked like. And then that got a bad rap, so we decided that uh, we're going to start dressing funky and looking like the rest of the world. Look how funky my shirt is. (laughs) Um, We even had hip youth pastors who used slang. Can you believe it? <laughs> and even though they had good intentions, they focused more on the good kids. And they preferred it if the bad kids wouldn't be dropped off because, you know, the bad kids are a bad influence and they're not going to really change anyway, so what's the point? So we only favor those people that are willing to act like us. Now, I'm not having a go at the church or youth pastors, not in the least. That's not how everyone is. Um, but I am illustrating a point. So what I'm trying to say is we work very hard as the church to look as though we are very welcoming. Um, but in reality, the hearts of the overchurched don't necessarily change when we become too religious. So don't get me wrong. Yes, we celebrate the testimonies of the lost, but only once they've pulled themselves together and are now saved and acting like us. But when we see drunks in bars or someone on a street corner who squandered their lives, it's so easy to say, ah, they will never change. They chose that path. And I know at church everyone says, ah, but I'm very welcoming and I welcome everyone. But I, in my own experience, I've seen how uncomfortable some Christians get when they meet anybody that doesn't share the same morals or values or beliefs as them. So Trinity Central... It's okay to admit this. Um, You're not doing that intentionally. It's just that you get out of your comfort zone. And I'd rather admit this so we can actually deal with it. So we can start to figure these, these things out. Now the reason I bring this up is because I'm excited for Trinity Central. I'm excited for our church. I think there are amazing things in store. There are things that God has planned for us. Things to do. People to, people to reach. Lives to change. And excitingly, welcoming new people to the church. But in this excitement, people forget. uh, People forget. If we want to reach people, we need to understand that everyone is invited. We don't need to start up a checklist of ministries, which merely become glorified um, babysitting events for other Christians who just need to do something during the week and hang out with other like-minded Christians. Sorry, that was a lot of breathing there. (laughs) 
No, we need, we need to take a good look at this miracle of salvation. And to realize that salvation, the salvation you have is there for all. You see, I miss a lot of my friends from years gone by. And I know a lot of them believe that they are not made for church or Christianity. Many just believe they are bad and therefore, what's the point? So the, to- the topic I'm talking on today is very dear to me. And I want everyone to, to know that they are invited. I want everyone to know that they will be safe to sit at a church, at this church and any church. I want people to know that it's not for the straight-laced and uptight, but a wild adventure filled with some of the best characters I know. So today I'm talking about a gift from God, and that God, a gift is grace. I want to show you what grace is, who it is for, what it does, and why we need grace in the church. So I'm excited. You guys excited? Ah, don't you? Come on, a bit more there, man. Are you excited? (laughs) There we go. Okay, let's go. Let's go see what... uh, (laughs) I did actually sound better the first time. Let's see what Scripture has to say about the topic of grace. So Paul's going to feature quite a lot in my teaching today. Um, So I'm taking from Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Grace, 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 grace. Amen. <laughs> that word is like melody. In my, it's a melody in my ears. And thank God for grace. The very fact that I get to stand here today, here and talk to you, all you beautiful people today, is an outworking of God's unlimited grace in my life. So what is grace? Let's go straight into it. Grace is God's undeserved favor towards us. It's grace that allows forgiveness. It is a gift of God. It is by grace and grace only through faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved to eternal life. Not because you're a good person. Not because you give money to the church, not because you studied, bi- your, studied your Bible, not because you didn't drink or smoke or do drugs, not because you're a preacher, but by grace. Let me define that again for you. God's undeserved favor. This literally means that grace is it's something we cannot earn. We can't earn God's grace in our lives. It's not about we, what we did or didn't do that lets us in or kicks us out but who we put our faith in. And thank God for that, because otherwise I'd still be dead in my sin. The Apostle Paul knew this. You see, we, and that being Paul and I, Paul my homie, (laughs) we are two sides of this grace coin. Paul, on the one hand, represented the religious elite. You see, Paul, also who used to be known as Saul, a Pharisee, a Jewish religious elite who believed that their works could get them into heaven. And me on the other side of that coin, well, now you'll see now, but not quite the religious elite. But when Paul came to faith in Christ, he realized something about grace. So Paul wrote in his letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy Uh, 1 Timothy 1 verse 14 to 15 he writes the grace of our Lord was poured out on on me abundantly along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus 
Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. It is amazing. Paul, who used to be Saul, once stood by while people stoned the apostle Stephen. I believe he said that he watched their coats because he believed he was doing a good thing for God by killing someone, allowing someone to die. That same Saul who became Paul, God used him to spread the gospel far and wide across the world. Now, see, I'm not, I'm not a fancy theologian. I didn't get an A in Bible studies. I didn't do Bible studies. I wouldn't say I'm a preacher or qualified in any traditional way to talk to you guys today about grace, except through first-hand experience. I'm a recipient of God's free gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And I can tell you there was so much grace for me before I found God. And I can tell you there's probably double that amount of grace after I found God. You see, I didn't get here to preaching this sermon because I made great life choices. No, 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 (laughs) no. It's an act of God's grace towards me. Grace, it saved me. Now, the only real way I can truly show you grace is to take Paul's advice again. And in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, he said to us, well, he said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. So, let me show you my weaknesses so I can tell you about God's grace and show you that God's grace is enough for all of you. As I said, you see, if Paul was an example of religion leading to sin, I come from the other side of that coin. And uh, I'm far more towards the Samson, um, prodigal son side of things, you know, running away from God, um, really making bad life choices. Right, now you guys ready. Okay. So, I spent over a decade of my life in wild living. And I was drunk and high a large proportion of that time. It was hedonistic, debaucherous, fueled by alcohol, cocaine, crack, cat, dope. I've abused them all, man. And I can tell you, I made great decisions while I was under the influence of these substances. I mean, you can imagine, out of my mind, did some lines, smoked some pot, alcohol's taken all inhibition away. What could go wrong? And in in fact, I actually don't want you to imagine what I did because uh, you won't look at me the same way again. (laughs) But it's fine. And all I would love to say... I would love to say that this was all before I found Jesus. This was all before I gave my life to God. But even after I made the decision to give my life to God, I still struggled. I struggled to live a godly life. I was still giving in to temptation, indulging in the drink and the drugs. And I mean, the couple of times that I did make it to church services was normally after a heavy night of partying and bad decisions when I was just trying to deal with the guilt that I was racking up because I couldn't pull myself together. That was really messing with my mind. And I can tell you, when you're sitting in church after a heavy night of partying and you get a cocaine backdrop in the middle of a service, you start to question if you're even supposed to be at church or if if God ever even wants you to be going to church. 
So for those of you who don't know what a backdrop is, it's not important. It's a drug thing. <laughs> don't stress about it. Um, but what is important? God's grace. That's the important thing. Because yes, God did want me there. I just didn't know it at the time. And, and all along this journey, I hurt people, put people through hell. I was causing harm. I was causing myself harm. I also wish I could say I had an excuse for going down the path uh, that I did because I don't really. I had a great upbringing. I had wonderful parents. I wasn't from a broken home. I just made dumb decisions time and time again. And the reason I'm telling you, telling you this is to show you God has grace. Not just for me, but anyone feeling that they are in a pit too big for God's grace to save them. Trust me, if God can change my life, He can change anybody's life here at Trinity Central or anyone who walks in that door. And any church across our city and nation or in this world for that matter. Guys, it's undeserved favor. I mean, I want you guys to think about this. Think about it. God, holy and perfect, hates sin. Yet that God, He looked down from heaven at me passed out, face down in my own vomit because I intentionally put as much booze and drugs in my system as I thought was humanly possible. And God still says, you know what? I love that guy. I've got a plan and a future for him. I have a purpose for him. I have salvation and grace for him. I sent my son to die for him. He allowed me into his church to sit at the foot of the cross in my sinful condition to work out my salvation, discover grace, and walk into true freedom. I was not expected to be in the recovered state. I was saved. I was saved from my sin while I was still sitting in it. Grace. I needed it so badly, my brothers and sisters, big time. And I needed a safe place that would just accept me in my broken and wrecked condition. And you know what? There was a day when I quit trying to be a better person trying to keep sober long enough to think I could go to God. A day when I understood salvation as being that gift of God through grace. And that's when I gave all my sin to God and said, help. And one thing after another, God dealt with my weaknesses, changed my life to the point where I can barely believe how good God has been to me. Amazing grace that saved the wretch like me. <laughs> Who would have thought you see, even the wayward and the sinners are shown grace. Not just for everything up to the point when they gave their life to God, but daily after that as well. I was shown grace daily, and till this day, God shows me grace daily. We all need to know that. So, what does that mean to you and I, Trinity Central? Well, for me... I don't want to get people off drugs or get people to live in a certain way. That's not my goal. I want to introduce people to Jesus. You see, it's this amazing grace that drives me, inspires me, gives me a vision of our church's future. How I long to fill the church with people that don't know Jesus. I want people, people who don't know the grace of God to be here, to learn God's grace, to experience it, to have their lives radically changed, fresh revelation. This, this grace is so powerful. I believe if we as a community embrace it, if we embrace this grace that we are given daily by God, 
and extend it to others. Wow, man. <laughs> we can have this church filled with potheads, drug abusers, alcoholics, wayward teens, arrogant rich folks who share the same jokes, poor and disheartened people, students who don't believe in Jesus, backsliders, those who feel they have fallen out of favor of God. Maybe you want to invite your gay brother or sister, your ex-convict cousin, maybe your stubborn grandfather. Whoever you are praying or trusting for, I want them to know that there is enough grace that these tiny little issues are not enough to keep you or them from the love of Christ. And that this church, Trinity Central, does not have a prerequisite for who is invited. Because everyone is invited. And why? Because the Bible tells us so. And it's free, and it's a gift of God by grace. And people don't have to leave their sin at the door when they come here. No, not to, don't leave your sin at the door only to pick it up on your way out and never deal with it. Bring your sin into this church that we can take it straight to the, the foot of the cross and let grace abound. There is zero shame here, but only grace. Look at me. I might look fine to you guys today. But I once was a mess, a big mess, who messed up badly time and time again. And God kept showing me grace and said, let's try again. And me standing here today testifying about God's saving grace, it's a privilege and it's a miracle. Only God could have done this. I didn't earn this. In fact, I did everything in my power to squander what God gave me and to squander the life God gave me. But he offered me a way out of my sin that was actually leading me to death. And I took that way out. And man, the free gift of salvation has led me on the wildest trip of my life. My friends, to those of you that have never felt this amazing grace, all it takes to have this salvation, have your life radically changed, is faith in Jesus. And the work that was done on the cross to save us from sin. By grace. See, I want today's preach to be an invitation to anyone who wants some grace in their lives. Just to come and sit with us here at Trinity Central. Just like I was fortunate enough when I was at, a, at, at my old church where I could just sit in grace and, and discover God. And I want to pass that on to the rest of our city. That's why I joined Trinity Central. That's why I came here is to show people grace, to show people Jesus. So I'm not forcing anybody today to give their life to God. It's not a prerequisite to join our church either. All I'm saying is, just come and hear about and experience this incredible grace that God has shown me and many others here. Everyone is invited. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. You guys still with me? Cool beans. <laughs> Trinity Central to the Christians, <laughs> us. <laughs> I just want to remind us we are not that great. We are not perfect. We have fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. And I'll be the first to admit it. And let's never forget that. I lived over a decade of my life terribly. I made bad mistakes. I hurt a lot of people. 
And yet God saved me out of the pit I created. Our salvation is a free gift of God. We can't, we can't claim we earned anything through being good people. And we can't claim that we worked for it. No, it's God's grace. The second part of Ephesians that I read here um, states that we are saved for something. God has a task for us. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, for me, I know God has called me to reach the lost. My people, the drunks, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, the rock and rollers, those are my people. I want to show them grace. What is the saving grace churning up in your hearts? Who are the people that you want to reach? I want to challenge you. Go reach out to them. Out of the gratefulness of your hearts for what God has done. That, this grace, it drives us to do good. Not as an obligation, but just as something we want to do. I preach today because I can no longer contain the message that saved me from my own personal hell and hell itself. We don't know who will be coming into our doors here at Trinity Central. But our doors are open to them. Can we show everyone that walks through those doors grace? To join us, no matter their condition, their background, their sin, none of those things matters. But their future, that's what we can fight for. So they can be saved by grace through the finished work of Jesus Christ. I just want to check out Mr. Page. Yeah. So I'd just like to close my message today um, with Hebrews 4, verse 15 to 16. Just to remind us, we can walk boldly to the throne of grace. In Hebrews 4, 5, uh, 4 um, verses 15 to 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This morning, I just want to extend an invite to anyone who feels they need to experience the saving grace, or anyone who wants to say yes to God. You don't need to do it right now. You can do it in your heart. If you feel bold enough, feel free to put up your hand or come chat to me after the service. Remember, salvation is an act of God's grace. And, that, and what is grace? It is undeserved favor. Who is it for? It is for everyone. What does it do? Well, it saves us and changes our lives. And why does the church need it? Because we all need it daily. I know this grace is real because I once was blind, but now I see. And here's my cheesy line. I once was high, but now I'm free. <laughs> okay, look, I'm still high, but um, it's a God high now, so it's a bit different, but it's pretty awesome. Far out, man. <laughs> For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Amen. I just want to close in prayer. Well, actually, no, we're going to do communion together, and Barry's going to close us off in prayer, but... I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to preach. Um, 
I'm just really excited for what God's doing in this church. And I'm just really excited to see the people that are here and who we're going to be walking forward with. Man, I'm going to pray anyway. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. I just pray for all the hearts and all the people here today, Lord God, that that word would land in their hearts, Lord God, that you would use it. Thank you for these people. In Jesus' name.